Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today, we're here with uh, Aaron and Jocelyn Freeman, and they're pretty great. Um, it was really fun to talk to them about their book, about some of their theories of repair. You know, it's a big passion of mine. They have a book called The Argument Hangover, and it's really just about how to get through kind of the aftermath of an argument quicker and more effectively. Um, they have a ton of resources on their website. You can find them at meetthefreemans.com. But I think you'll really enjoy this chat. We go through the many different kind of steps to recovering after an argument. Uh, it's very clever, very interesting. I learned a lot. I'm going to be recommending the book to others. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I was listening to you guys on a run this morning, which was really fun. So uh, you joined me an hour ago on my run. I love that. This morning I felt just more fit today. So Did you? That, yeah, that's, that's why, yeah. <laughs> No, I just remember thinking like, golly, I I wonder now, do you guys, when you podcast, because first of all, you have more than 300 episodes. You guys have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We started before it was cool. And uh, honestly, a lot of our early episodes probably weren't great. Like we were okay. kind of learning and mm -hmm. I think ours have the trajectory of going down since we started. <laughs> started strong. It's really it's sort of uh, deconstructed itself over time. Oh, no. Yeah. I was thinking about you guys because I think we almost we might have almost been related. I dated a I dated a Freeman in college, but it, oh, it didn't work God, out. You so. were almost related. Yeah, we could have been mm -hmm. like we, we could have been hanging out at barbecues. Yeah, reunions. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> I do you ever do you ever uh, do you ever have to have this debate? Which is, um, I guess maybe you don't. You're the Freemans, but you're not the Freeman. What does that mean? Yeah, no, we, right? we are not a Freeman. Like, I have friends called Berryman, and like I'm like, why don't you guys just be the Berryman? You know, or the, you know, the, what's the other one? I'm not tracking, oh, the I'm not following Zach. Well, the plural of man is men. Mm -hmm. Free men. I see you what you it. mean. Yeah. yeah. No, we haven't, it hasn't kept us up at night. Like, I wouldn't say that's okay. kind of like a, a thing. What does keep you up at night? Oh, that's what a does? good question. We were just talking about a remodel. That'll keep you up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I my my sleep is sensitive. I actually my nervous system is actually really sensitive to things that are unresolved. Speaking okay. of couples, mm-hmm. um, whether it's unresolved or not even just couples relationships. If I'm unresolved with a family member, a friend, um, my nervous system is really sensitive to that, and it'll wake me up in the middle of the night. Well, there's two parts of what you just said that I, that I'm like kind of curious about generally, but. When we, when Lauren and I teach, we always ask uh, sort of what's the worst relationship advice you've ever gotten? And one of the things that we hear and then also that we affirm is this idea of don't go to bed angry. I think that's okay. terrible advice. I think you I think you should go to bed angry. And so I wonder about that for you. Like, does that, how does that work for somebody who's kind of doesn't do lack of resolution? Oh, that's a well. good question. Mm-hmm. It is. But then the other piece that you clearly have done some thinking about is your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I would like to talk about that. That's maybe part two of my question. But I'm what do you do with Zach. the first piece? Like, what's that? I'm usually the one that wants to talk about the nervous system. So I'm really True. impressed that you're talking about it. I like that. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's, it's, I love both questions. And I think so we agree. Like, we're, we're not about the fight all night, you know, get it resolved. You know, we are very much about sometimes you do need to just call it a timeout, go to bed, let your nervous system recalibrate. Because you usually wake up more clear-headed. You know, totally. usually something has shifted. And so for me, with it's different kind of with Aaron versus other relationships. With Aaron, I feel we can, quote-unquote, go to bed angry and I sleep fine because I know we'll come back to it. I know right. we'll repair. I know that we'll both take accountability and responsibility. So I feel safe and I feel ease. The, pe- the relationships that keep me up at night and wake me up are where... I maybe worry whether there will be that accountability, where there will be apologies, where there will be repair. So yeah, that's a good distinction. Like for me, I'm cool here. Like it doesn't keep me up at night. It's more so of other relationships where I worry about that. I would even say for for half of the couples, how many of them are you now paying attention to like, oh, it's 8 p.m. I If I bring this up, it's probably going to be something that we have to spend some time on. There's going to be emotion. Mm-hmm. I should think to myself, this is probably not the right time. Mm-hmm. So let me wait till tomorrow. Let me wait till we're refreshed. So it could be something like that. And of course, for us, it's like the level of communication, not only with the trust that it will get repaired mm-hmm. and resolved. It's like we can say, hey, we know we have something that we're going to be able to need to talk about. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. So can we almost compartmentalize that mm-hmm. so that we can sleep and so that mm-hmm. we can wake up with our 100 units of energy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 100 units. Yeah. <laughs> I, the commitment piece is a big factor for me. I remember having all these friendships. I've moved around a lot and I always love getting to the place in a friendship where I can have a fight because to me, it means that there's a level of commitment that we have this trust that even though we disagree, even though we can have you know, something of substance to sink our teeth into, I have the commitment or I am aware of the commitment that you're going to stick around to resolve this. And it might not be today. It might be after we sober up a little bit and then maybe we get some sleep or whatever it might be. But yeah, that's an interesting piece. So Zach, what was your question about the nervous system? Well, um, yeah, I just, I just was like, oh, there are people in the planet who are more attuned to what their bodies are actually telling them. And I have traditionally been a person who just kind of didn't give that a lot of credit or like just didn't. Yeah. I mean, I I knew that I was sweating or I knew that I would, my heart was beating fast or I knew that I was, you know, kind of maybe red in the face or something, but I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to my systems or my, and I don't, I still don't know that I am. But so 
when you said that quickly, I was like, oh, this is a woman who definitely is aware of kind of that style of perception about self. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that I'm interested to know what you know about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been a big, it's been a bigger conversation for people lately. Like, you know, I feel like in the last year or two, the nervous system has like been getting attention. It's a hot new fad. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, I, okay. I understand the premise that we are also primal creatures in a way, and that we have for a lot of time been more in either fight, flight, those two modes. And then now there's, you know, of course, fawn, but, um, I think for me, it's so much been about just recognizing when I'm not at peace or neutral. And I really love this certain image from the book Power Versus Force, right? Mm. I always forget which book it's from, but Power Versus Force. And it's an image of like the map of consciousness Mm. and there being more of a neutral state, more clarity. That's where we can have more maybe discernment and things like that. And then the higher consciousness is around, you know, all the things we want to feel, joy, love, Etc. But beneath can, uh, ease, clarity, neutral is fear, is anger, is shame, is mm. guilt. And so I, for some reason, that image really helps me because it helps me locate myself. Am I in the survival paradigm right. where my nervous system has taken over? And I'm actually not logically thinking. I'm more thinking from my primal instincts. Mm-hmm. Uh, or am I in more of the higher states of consciousness? So anyway, that's a, a brief answer for mm-hmm. just the nervous system work I've been focusing on and paying attention to in, in our relationship, especially around conflict, because that's a big area we focus on in our content. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, even, even last night we had a moment of tension. Like there was, it was where we like missed each other. You know, you have mm-hmm. those times in relationships where you're just, you're just missing each other. About building the house. About building this house <laughs> that we're doing. And I just I just noticed, oh, there's that nervous system. And I know it wants to prompt me to say more, to get more heightened. But it's like, I'm, I don't want to let my nervous system control me. Yeah. I want to have awareness of what my nervous system is doing and then make a more conscious choice. Ooh, okay. This is really cool because I, I do this with my couples. And I actually did this last week, uh, which was the last day that I worked. Um, and one of the questions that I, or one of the exercises I had them do was go through and map their consciousness and what Mm. you're describing. I call it the polyvagal. Well, I don't call it that, but the polyvagal ladder and similar, right? There's like a state Mm. of bliss and flow and and joy, but then there's also that neutral state. Um, and so one thing that I had them do is once you're aware, once you can sort of dig into yourself, the second piece is being able to communicate that with your partner or even recognize it in your partner. But step one, which might be the step that many people start at is, well, where am I right now mm-hmm. on this ladder? Or, you know, what am I experiencing at this moment? Because so many people get so stuck in understanding what's happening for them or they're just disconnected, which yeah. has served them in a lot of ways to disconnect from their body or their awareness or, you know, compartmentalize. Do you guys ever communicate with each other in that language? Because when when you communicate to Aaron, like, hey, something's going on here. Do you ever share what's going on for you uh, kind of on a deeper level rather than what's happening at the moment? Mm. Any first instinct come for you? Our idea with conflict is not to avoid it or not have it. Right. But keep it from escalating and shorten the time period you disconnected. Totally. And I think it's similar in that 
Yeah. Do you, I don't know, Jocelyn or either one of us recognize the deeper places coming from like immediately? Uh Probably not, but we probably went from like realizing it like a week after to a few days to now Uh it's like something sparked. We can request a pause. We can reflect, which is a part of our, you know, five hours to repair. And, and maybe we understand the more root cause in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see it, because I think it's also more attainable for couples. Right. Should we get on sessions and say, all right, our goal is for you to not have conflict. Well, there's many totally. reasons why that's not your goal. But if you see progress, it's mm-hmm. like, well, we were in an argument hangover for four days, and now it's down to one day, or now it's the next week, it's down to a few hours, and then a few minutes. It's like, that's really attainable and trackable progress and progress has you feel like you're doing better. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned two things that hooked me. One was this five hour something. I'm like, what is that about? What is, what is that that you just mentioned? Oh, he's referring to the five R's to repair. The five so, R's. Okay. Do you yep. know them offhand? Can you share them with our listeners? Oh, we, we teach this all the time. It's one of the big focus. Our book is right there. Yeah. The argument uh-huh. hangover. So and your book is The Argument Hangover and you guys, your your specialty or your area of specialty is around conflict and managing conflict. Yeah. And yeah, that's a big area of our focus. And the heart of that is the five R's of repair. It definitely is. Like, because mm. we, we break down conflict into three stages. There's before conflict, which we say is really all about communication strategies. Like, mm-hmm. how can we prevent as many unnecessary sources of conflict as much as possible? Then there's during, which is all about de-escalation, which is the nervous system work, which uh-huh. is recognizing I'm triggered and my nervous system wants to, you know, hijack the situation right now. Right. But how do we de-escalate and do less damage? And then the five R's comes into the after conflict, which is all about repair, uh-huh. which I'm sure you agree. Like we, we've looked at your work and, you know, you believe as well that repair, uh, emotional repair especially is just vital to a relationship that's been studied, right? It's all about the repair. So that's where yeah. the five R's comes Speaking in. Speaking my language, I love it. I always say repair is more important than resolve. Repair is more important than mm-hmm. resolve. Repair is more important than resolve. So I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, let, uh, I want to hear about it now. So, and also you said something else that I want to hear about, which is a hundred units of energy. Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'll speak to that one and Jocelyn can do the five R's. That's from a, um, a, a golden gavel hall of fame speaker that we're friends with. And so his premise was like, as a speaker, when you wake up in the morning, you have a potential for a hundred units of energy. And as a speaker, then are you doing things that are taking away your units that could be used to speak to and deliver Mm. a message to the audience? So if you're moving chairs around, like, is that best serving your units rather than what you're going to go do? And, you know, we kind of adopt that for couples, right? It's like, of course, I mean, if you're not getting to sleep, your nutrition and maybe you're even waking up each morning with like 50 units of energy and then you go to work. Like an actual hangover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then you go to work and you're managing life tasks and you have kids and you have finances and bills and cars getting oil changes and like building houses and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, realistically, what is left for units to give to your partner and to your marriage? I mean, it's really something that we have to consider. And we know you guys are about like love accounts as well. And so uh-huh. your units of energy availability to make deposits, that's that's right. a big factor, mm-hmm. right? And if it all yeah. comes down to you're only waking up with 70 rather than uh-huh. like 100, uh-huh. it's like you're not leaving a lot for the things that are going to be more fulfilling and going to actually serve the marriage. How I'm many uh, energy sure. units did you guys wake up with today? 100. 
Did you really, Zach? Sure. Yeah. So I got to take good... my wife to the airport. She's gone for the weekend. So I got a whole, like, got the house to myself. I'm going to, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is nice to get alone time for sure. Well, my parents yeah. just left. My parents left yesterday. Uh, so they were here for, so we had a lot of people doing a lot of things that are emotionally taxing. My nervous system was activated for like mm-hmm. five straight days. And yeah. now yeah. I'm like, goodbye. See you later. See you yeah. later. Yeah. Have a great I, trip. I definitely woke up with a hundred. I felt, I yeah. feel really, really good. So hmm. I love even, that. Even if I'm on my third cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at 120. I'm at 130. I mean, 130. I mean, I'm, I'm at 140. I can't even contain it anymore. The interesting part that you were talking about, Aaron, about these hundred units is it would be important for couples to get on the same page as far as the priority, because I mm-hmm. might wake up with a hundred units and my priority is my kid and myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not my husband. And he's saying, what the heck? Like you're spending all of your time. So I can see the the yeah. miss that a lot of people would have if their priorities as to what they're spending their units on is completely different. I'm spending my units on work while well, I'm spending my units on our kid. Neither of us are interested in spending our units on each other. Yep. So even if you have enough units, you're probably not on the same page when it comes to the priority of the relationship. There's definitely a that's what she said joke in there somewhere about oh, units. Yeah. yeah. That's where communication comes in, right? And we're big on, we call it a, a weekly family meeting. And mm-hmm. one of, we have like five questions that we include there. And one of them being, what are the priorities this week? Mm-hmm. What, what are the plans or the things we need to be uh, attuned to and on the same page about? So that's, mm-hmm. that's all communication. Let's prevent as many conflicts as possible. And then going to what you both were inquiring about, like, let's say you do your best to prevent. You do your best to regulate your nervous system and de-escalate things, but something still sneaks through, you know, yep. for whatever reason, and you have a conflict, big or small, repair, in which we do the five R's, just because we think like structure and guidance can just really bring some logic to things that feel really emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to simplify it, because we have this like broken down in more length. The first two steps are ones you typically do on your own. So there being some period of time where we kind of like take space and we do two things. One, we reflect not on why the other person is terrible and the villain and they're wrong and, you know, all that. That's not hard. There's no use in that because you have no control over the other person. So the more useful place to put our attention is reflecting on the root cause and our part in the situation. Okay. Now, the root cause, that'd be like a whole other segment of conversation we could come back to because there's several root causes, communication breakdowns, et cetera. But sticking with the repair, we reflect, what's the root cause? What's my part in the situation? And that bringing to the next R of responsibility, getting to a place where I'm willing to take responsibility. Mm. And speaking of, you know, going to bed angry, we say to people, okay, go to bed angry if you need to, but wake up willing to repair and take responsibility. Mm-hmm. A relationship, it will thrive if you have two partners who can take responsibility. It shouldn't be on just one person to constantly own it, own it, own it, and the other person doesn't take any responsibility. So, right. you know, for all of us listening, like we want to be people who take ownership, who take responsibility for our actions for the impact that it has had. And those two steps of reflection, that can be five minutes, that can be five hours of reflection and responsibility. We hope and we always encourage couples to not have the argument hangover bleed into more days, right? Because okay. how much life do you want to lose? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, those two steps take us to the third R, which is when you finally reconnect. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, hopefully it's a few out. Yeah, go ahead. 
just to break up the talk here, because sure. I know when I'm listening, I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, get triggered back into the conversation. Yeah, I have all sorts of questions. Another energy, too. another speed. So get some yeah. hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's engage back. So the third step is really where, of any place, we have a little bit of a like a framework for, or a template for like scripting, and, and it really is some version of, hey, in the time I reflected. What I realized was the root cause. And the primary thing you're trying to get to is, you know, I really do see where where I have responsibility is that my tone of voice, I was already low on, say, units of energy today. Sure. I was carrying in resentment from yesterday. I had needs that I didn't express. Mm-hmm. I walked out of the room uh, without saying when I'd be back. So whatever that is, I take responsibility for that. And then a key piece, right, to repair is not being, let's say, sorry for what you think the biggest impact was, what was it actually for them, right? So it's opportunity to say, and I take responsibility, you probably felt isolated and alone, but I'd like to give you the opportunity. I want to hear from you. What were you really impacted by? So then you're in a, then you're in a mode of like active listening, right? And mirroring. So that, that takes as long as it takes for a partner to feel validated and that there's a level of responsibility taken ideally by both people, because to me, that's, that's what hinges on true repair, acknowledging emotional impact mm. and taking responsibility. It also creates a, creates reciprocity yeah. for your partner to be willing to then do what? Well, thank you so much for hearing me and taking responsibility. You know what? Where I see I have responsibility is. It's, it's such a natural flow mm-hmm. to having both people actually feel heard and repaired. Before we even go to the last two, there's a couple of things I just want to say about this because what we've all been taught is say, I'm sorry, right? Like if you even listen to yeah. most parents, what do they say to their kids? Hey, say you're sorry. Hate and so that. we repeat that. I see you, Laura, have something to say about I it. I do. I sure do. Yeah. I'll, 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 tee it, I'll tee it over to you in a moment, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. Of course, it's a step in the right direction, but people wonder, well, what exactly are you sorry for? Yeah. And have you said this before and not changed any behavior? So mm-hmm. it's meaningless to me at this point. Totally. Exactly. Broken so record. The, I'm sorry. It just falls flat a lot of times. And mm-hmm. that's why I bet your partner like would be blown away if you went up to them just with that script Aaron said and said, hey, I was reflecting. I think the root cause for me is blank. But where I see I can take responsibility is I bet your partner would literally be like, Jaw on the floor. Totally. Yeah. yeah because mm-hmm. when we take responsibility, when we take ownership, it just, it means we put more thought into it mm-hmm. as opposed to just, I'm sorry. I'm hoping we can move on. Yeah. One thing I liked about what Aaron modeled too, was that he was, he didn't, uh, you didn't apologize for what you actually felt, right? Like you might've still been able to acknowledge that you were angry. Maybe you even felt justified in the thing that you were angry about. Um, and you still feel like you are, uh, you know, I raised my voice. I walked away without saying so. Like those are all, it's sort of the 3D chess part. Like people think, oh, well, I have nothing to apologize for because I was just in my feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, if you really are thinking about repair, it's not, we're not, you, you got to raise the level a little bit, which I think you did. And uh, I would just point out that that's, I think what you did when you modeled the script there. Yeah. Well said. Zach, I want to I bat this around because what you're saying is very similar to how we do repair as well um, in using Gottman method. It's flipped, it, meaning the first part of Gottman Method is I'm going to share my experience with you. Here's how I heard you. This is what I felt. This is everything that was going on for me and having your partner listen to it. 
Now, we don't get to a validation piece or to an acknowledgement piece or taking responsibility until step three or four. I really am thinking this might be just a tremendous way to start out, which is start with accepting responsibility because I can see how this would totally take the heat out of it. Mm -hmm. When you lead with, here's my part in all of this and I'm acknowledging and taking responsibility. And then your partner, the reciprocity piece is huge, right? Will naturally follow. This was also my piece of, of this that I can take responsibility for. Now let's talk. Now let's like validate each other. I think that's probably a better order of operations. And in don't say that you're going to get fired. We're not trying to like say anything about the Gottmans or no. But what we're trying to did I miss this? Is reciprocity the fourth? No, that's just just a fun R. Snuck it in there. Hide R's. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. I hear him. There's root cause and there's whatever. Yeah, so we've got probably don't know this about Zach. Take responsibility. R's. Reflect, take responsibility. I like alliteration. Yeah. Alliteration, that's right. Reflect, Reflect responsibility. The third one was reconnect. Reconnect. Reconnect, of course. And then four was. So four, we have we done yet. that yet? Yeah. We haven't done nope. that yet. Okay. All right. Perfect. Before we move to that though, Laura, I think you had something you wanted to add about the I'm sorry piece. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not a huge fan. I, I don't know. Do you, how, do you guys have kiddos? We have, yep, a 19 month old. A 19 month old. Okay. Yeah. So this is like, prime age for teaching sort of like cooperation with other kiddos and all of that. Um, This is just a small segue, but I remember my son getting into an argument with one of his buddies and he was waiting around for the apology. He was like, I need you to acknowledge that you hurt my feelings and apologize to me because that's how we do it in our house. And the other mom, who's a good friend of mine said, oh, we just don't do that in our house. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's totally fine. But I just, I, Holden's looking for repair. That's what he is seeking. Mm. And so he needs to come back together. And in our household, this is kind of how we repair. We acknowledge, we take responsibility, all of that good stuff. So that's kind of what he's looking for. But so we do it, but it is very much so not just an empty sorry, because the sorries drive me up the flipping wall. Same way, like it's empty, it's white noise. Why are you sorry? What? How, how are you going to take accountability? How are you going to make sure this doesn't happen in the future? Mm-hmm. And so I would love for us to just completely remodel the apology system for our kids because we're just doing some such a disservice for them to just think that I'm sorry is going to lead to repair because that's yes. just not not going to happen. Maybe we just need to, you know, like rework it for kids. Imagine if there was like a poster in every classroom of like, here's a better apology. And it just had like, Three little, maybe two three sections, lines. you know, hey, I, I see I might have made you feel this way or here's the action I take ownership of. Like, I mean, yeah. imagine a world where that was happening. Totally. Totally. So different. Yeah. Well, if anybody out there so is different. listening and you know of like an amazing child psychologist or whoever is doing the work to teach kids a really great way of accepting responsibility and, and repairing with other, you know, school aged kids, let us know. Drop it in info at marriagetherapy.com. Radio? Love that. Yeah. All right. We're on to the fourth R. Mm -hmm. Mm. Let's hear it. The fourth one is remind. And again, we've come up with a lot of other R's. (laughs) That's the one that you landed on? Yeah. Because remind also has inside of it providing reassurance. (laughs) So so remind is... Let me give you some more R's real quick. Because 
Zach, I know you like the repair to like resolution. So more recently, and I, I have an engineering background, so I like formulas as well. So <laughs> I've been saying repair plus solution equals resolution, which is perfect because there you yeah. go. Just combine those words together. Yeah, yeah. So the first three R's that we just covered are what we see as the repair now. It's mm -hmm. taking responsibility and acknowledging the emotional impact. Now, the second part is the solution or the logic side, which people usually jump into without the repair. Right. So try to move on and you're not actually doing it service, right? But once you repair, what you're left with sometimes as a partner is if this is the first time this has happened, then maybe that repair is actually enough and you can say, yeah, we're actually good to move on. Likely, if this has been recurring, then what you actually need to feel resolved or to grant forgiveness is a level of belief that the change in behavior that you need is actually going to happen because you might not have evidence that that has happened yet. Mm -hmm. So people can feel repaired but not resolved because they don't have either the agreements, they don't have the trust in the change in behavior to say, I can open my heart back up. I can trust. I can be vulnerable. So uh -huh. things are actually going to change so we can better meet our expectations and needs. And that is a barrier for people sometimes. So the remind is a few things. In this vulnerable space, sometimes you need to provide reassurance. So I'm uh -huh. sharing like what my commitment is. Hey, I know this has been hard, but I just want to remind you that I'm really in this. I am committed to getting better at repair. I'm committed to having you feel respected. I'm committed to being a better listener. And what you might understand at that point is, you know what? We need to remind ourselves of what our agreements are. Or if we don't have any, let's make some. You know, I, I think it'd be best to make an agreement that let's not raise our voices, even if we feel emotion. Or let's make the agreement we don't walk out of the room without requesting the pause or saying when we'll come back to it. Yeah. So, so this helps create the trust that the change is going to happen. And sometimes... That's what a partner needs to actually feel resolved or to say, like, mm. I can now forgive. I want to raise my hand. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm listening to all of this and I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so good. This is so good. And something that Zach says or something that we say often is that you're going to have solvable problems and then unsolvable problems. But what I just heard you say is not, um, it's very complimentary. How about that? to what we call these like perpetual problems, which is it's not about a problem that we need to solve. It's about the way that we had that conversation. I Why don't we make an agreement that even when we feel emotion, we're not going to raise our voices. That's not solving a problem, but what it's doing is it's saying, we're going to experience this tension in the future. Let's find a better way. So mm -hmm. I just, I'm trying to make that differentiation in my head because there certainly are problems that we can't solve, but there is going to be tension and there's a better way to work through this conflict in the future. And if, if repair and connection is the goal, then all you're doing is setting yourself up for success to experience that repair quicker, which is what I think your goal is, right? And the agreements are really like ways we say you can like fight smarter, fight sure. fair, right? Yeah. We're, we're all about agreements for times of conflict. And sometimes like the solution that people are looking for, if it's not, a you know, there's sometimes conflicts that are about like making a decision, right? right. Like there's a decision point something that we need to make a move on. Other mm -hmm. times it's the solution is to feel like there's actually progress happening. You know, that we are improving the way we handle things with our kids, 
Mm -hmm. or we're improving the way that we talk about money. So a lot of times the solution people are looking for is really like progress. We're doing this better. We're doing this differently. Very Mm -hmm. much what you're saying, Laura. Oh, I love that. Okay. This is good. You do have a lot of R's. And I'm just (laughs) in my head. You said the first three R's are about repair. And since you already told us there's five R's, I'm assuming the last two R's are about something else. And the way that my brain worked it is it's about resolution. Is that the way that you guys have it sort of drafted? Yeah, I guess it's and I like we're all about images, too. So if I were to like draw a bubble around the first three, it's like, okay, this is the emotional repair piece. Mm -hmm. The last two are about how are we going to be better in the future? So okay. the remind stage is like, what what are we going to do to be better? What are our commitments moving forward? The last one being reconcile, mm. which is a little bit different than most people think of the word reconcile. For us, this is the cherry on top. Even if you did the first four, you're pretty solid. The fifth one is the cherry on top, which is seeing the conflict as an opportunity, which okay. I know is so counterintuitive to people. Think about, we, we get messages from our clients on a vacation and they got into an argument, right? Like, how are we arguing in Fiji, you know, uh-huh. or in Hawaii? How did this happen? Sometimes it happens though. So regardless of whether you're on vacation or you're at home and let's say it, ru- it you feel like it ruined a Saturday, uh-huh. you know, because that's how sometimes people can be left with conflict. Like this like totally, like, I feel like it ruined our weekend and they have this sour feeling about it. So the reconcile piece is where we say, you're kind of looking for the silver lining. Mm. How are we now better from this? Mm. Did we learn something about each other? Did we create a new agreement that is helpful? Did we identify a root cause that we now can like actually address? And Do we have more understanding about the inner worlds of each other? Mm. We have clarity. Uh, do we, yeah, some version of that where you can actually get rid of some of this feeling of this just shouldn't have happened because you could do the repair, you could find the right solution and have the agreement, but we we found that sometimes you can still feel like, that level of like, but why did you just have to bring that up the way that you did? So this goes a lot to our memory and how our memory works and how we recall memories is obviously Mm. huge in the emotion that we have. So what we're doing is actually rewriting the past because we're changing the emotion that you recall when you think of that memory to, to something that still shouldn't have happened to, you know what? Yeah, that was a problem. Mm -hmm. And Uh. I do remember that we got clarity. Like I understood more about you. We still have that agreement in place from that conflict we had a year ago. Wow. That was actually mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh-huh. So it's the silver, looking for the silver lining. Spill the tea, like where are couples getting tripped up most often? Which of these five R's is the hardest for them to dig into? Good question. It can be, of course, different per person, but I'd uh-huh. say the general feedback we get from people is the taking responsibility piece. 100%. That was, I was yeah. hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. Because a lot of times where the brain goes, and we get it, we encounter this as well, is, okay, I really want to take responsibility, but... I wouldn't have done that had you not done that. Like, or I wouldn't have, I only said that because, so people feel like they're connected, Uh right? And and it's hard for people to untangle giving, like rationalizing why they did what they did. Yeah. And so it's like, I I like to say, think of taking responsibility as here's what I can take ownership of, period. Uh And then if the other person is like, here's what I can take ownership of, 
period is it's it's meeting in the middle. They don't cancel each other out. And um, we also aren't denying that the other person's feelings were valid. So taking responsibility isn't I'm this terrible person and I, you know, got everything wrong. It's just taking ownership that our actions had some impact on the other person. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm really into it. I think it's I think it's really good work. And I, I not that I'm like from the seat of declaring what's good work or not, but I don't say that lightly. And I just really appreciate it. like you guys have really come up with a model. I think people can use and that will be accessible. Um, Thank you. And so the best way for them to do that is through the argument hangover. Is that the best way to kind of get go in depth with more of what you're suggesting and proposing? Good question. Definitely our book. I will note that it's, and this isn't like a brag moment, but it's been selling out fast because we're working with our publisher to keep up with the demand. Like yeah. we're really grateful that our That's brand awesome. has like really expanded over the last, we've been doing this for eight years, but the yeah. last year has really grown. So I say that, that yes, the argument hangover is a great place to start. If it ends up being sold out, we created some other guides for that very reason. So mm-hmm. we have like a making up and moving forward guide. We have a de-escalating conflicts guide. So like a lot of people sometimes are looking for like, Almost just like, give me the steps. Like, okay, right. there's the whole book is great, but can you just break this down in like mm-hmm. a bite-sized chunk? So we created these instant access guides. We also have a web class on our website. So if they even went to meetthefreemans.com, they'll see all the things. The right book, up. the web classes, the guides, and be able to go with what resonates with them. Yeah. Cool. We'll emphasize that again for sure. Can we pivot just a second? Because I have a curiosity sure. for you, like a natural curiosity that's totally different topic. Definitely. Let's hear it. You, part of your brand is that you work with celebrities. Yeah. Uh, so what have you learned or noticed or noted about that work that maybe is different today than general population? I have a few sort of higher profile clients and I'm collecting some or <laughs> higher profile celebrity clients maybe is the way to say it. And I'm collecting mm-hmm. some experiences that I'm, I'm wondering like, do you guys, have you formed an, uh, like a, here's what this means or here's what this kind of client Here's how this kind of client is unique. That I just wonder what you have collected in your experience. The first thing that jumps to mind, I'm curious what you would say, is that it's not even like a drastic difference in their relationship experience because we've worked with couples all over the in in every remote country, different income statuses, different cultures, and we find that a lot of the challenges are similar, just to maybe varying degrees. So one thing I notice is that expectations are different in like whether it's a celebrity client, like they have maybe extensive expectations of a partnership of what it means for you to maybe please me or make me happy. Um, But expectations exist in all relationships. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more so of like similar challenges as every couple around the world, but like maybe more extreme or to varying degrees. So expectations being different is one that jumps out with me with celebrities. What's one for you? That was the main thing I was uh, thinking about. It was funny. We started watching this docu-series on Sean White, the snowboarder. Mm, yeah. And I mean, wow. It's a good Right? One. Like global name, mm-hmm. famous at like 15 years old. And it's he says it a number of times throughout there. When he got really specific about going to the Olympics, he actually says that he had to temporarily sacrifice relationships. Mm-hmm. Basically, had to sacrifice everything totally. except to focus on his purpose being snowboarding. Yeah. So does that mean that like there's something 
inherently that he wouldn't be able to be in a relationship? No, but the level uh-huh. and detail in your communication about your expectations with a partner that's going to be on board with you when you have a much broader reaching sort of purpose in life, that to me is like a big difference. So can you be upfront about that? Can you express that? Can you understand as a partner that you have to temporarily sacrifice parts of a relationship that would normally be always open to another couple if they're pursuing something like running a global company or running a global mission or something like that. I mean, that's kind of what I found too. Like, um, it's even if we go back to your R's, like the thing that they're not as practiced at in my experience is reflection and responsibility, right? Particularly those who have like a really, really high sort of name brand identity. They've usually forged that through a, a high commitment to excellence and perfection and just, you know, and sometimes that has come at the cost of, actually doing relationship, you know, yeah. um, because people are catering to them and they're single focused and whatever else. So that's an interesting, it's an interesting insight. And if I'm doing anything in that work, it's really about reflection and responsibility, you know, sort I, of first. I would add, I yeah. add too, because I love the question. I feel like we could wrap about this for an hour. One mm-hmm. more thing that comes to me is, and this is yes, maybe again, more extreme with celebrity couples, but even like Maybe people who have the mindset that takes them to be doctors and surgeons mm-hmm. and like just really high performing, stressful mm-hmm. jobs. There's a certain mindset and a personality type that goes after those type of things, right? And the word, which I'm sure you would find in your work as well, is like the flexibility level. Mm-hmm. And so where is their mindset and their ability to bend but not break? Okay. Right. And to be in to do life with someone means you don't always get your way. Yeah. You don't always get to be the right one. And so there's going to be way more conflict if you're inflexible. Yeah. There will be reduced conflict, reduced intensity if we know when to bend. You know, again, never breaking, never sacrifice. It's not about like I'm going to have to betray myself. That's not what we would want to do uh-huh. in a relationship. But flexibility is another trait that comes up for me that is maybe more. Uh, an even more extreme thing that celebrity couples need to work on. But I think around the world, sure. that's mm-hmm. one thing we can work on. Well, the thing I always say to, regardless of whether you're um, you know, famous or not famous or just an average Joe or whatever, the thing I love and respect about all my clients is that they're asking for help, yep. which is, which is makes them, puts them in another category altogether. Not as many couples. There are much more couples not asking for help than asking for help. So if they have en- enough awareness to go, Hey, th- we can't do this by ourselves. I think that speaks a lot to their character anyway. Absolutely. Well said. Do you guys have any events coming up that folks can join? I mean, I know you have your podcast uh, and is it Meet the Freemans? Is that the podcast title? The podcast is Empowered Couples. That's the kind of phrase. Meet the Freemans, like that's like really the main hub. You could find everything. Our podcast just happens to be called Empowered Couples. Yeah. We do have an in-person couples workshop coming up um, September 10th the 2023 uh, in Arizona. Okay. And so that's an in-person event and then online resources, like they can explore everything we have. Cause we do like couples challenges. Sometimes we do web classes awesome. so that they can find like up to date on our Instagram website, things like oh, that. You just found a new fan in me. I will <laughs> be thoroughly stalking you from afar. Very we, cool. We loved this conversation with you too. I feel like we could all hang out and really have some great conversations. Agreed. Agreed. We can get like a, what do you call it? Like a brain trust together and yeah. just kind of wrap on all the things that we're seeing. 
Uh, yeah. Thank you to the Freemans, Jocelyn and Aaron, for joining us today. I know that we are, man, getting our schedules together with all of our kids and all of our schedules and yeah. travel, all the fun things. So I'm so I glad know. that we did this. Absolutely. Thank you guys for the great conversation. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. That was such a pleasure to meet with Aaron and Jocelyn. Um, so you can access all of their resources. They have a ton to offer um, on their website, meetthefreemans.com. Also, they have a podcast. I was listening to it on my run today. Just so easy to listen to. So many bite-sized nuggets of information. So check them out. Thank you so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.